Well, hello, and welcome once again to Electrifying AI, a podcast series focused upon the electric power industry. My name is Simon Hughes from SAS, and I will be your host today. And as in our previous episodes, I'm joined by our resident industry expert, Sal Gill. Hello, Sal, and greetings from the UK. Hey, everyone. This is Sal, uh, and we're here again. <laughs> we certainly are. Um, and just because in previous episodes we've talked about where we're speaking to you from, I'm actually in the northwest of England. And Sal, where are you? I'm still in Arizona and uh, loving it here because the weather is getting really, really nice. Uh, the weather over here is not so nice. And in fact, just here in the UK and across Europe too, all of our clocks have just uh, moved back an hour. So we're, we're in the winter and it's going to get darker and colder. And we're going to start hibernating soon. So Sal, are you, are you changing your clocks yet? Well, majority of Arizona actually doesn't switch time, so we, really? we're, we're, we're basically the same time we were before. You, gosh, well, you lucky devils. You must get <laughs> semi-tropical lifestyle you're leading over there. Uh, obviously, in a wet rock in the Atlantic, it's it's somewhat different. So, uh, But yes, the deep winter is almost upon us, sadly, but there we are. The, the year is marching past. Um, you're, you're, well, you're, welcome, into, uh, uh, you're, you're welcome to join us here in uh, Phoenix, uh, Simon, once hopefully uh, leave travel will get on an airplane to go anywhere. I think I would be, I'd be keen on that idea, but uh, sadly not. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so t- just uh, in the spirit of uh, catching up on where, how we always do this, uh, in this podcast series, Sal and I aim to sort of keep things pretty, pretty loose, pretty brief, pretty informal, any loosely scripted. And we'll explore a whole range of, of ideas across um, across the six episodes that we have planned. And you'll get to hear and see some informed commentary. Uh, not necessarily from me, of course, but certainly from, from Sal. And so the title of our fourth episode is called Energy Independence Anthem. And it's really how uh, an entrenched business model that's been around for a very long time is now being challenged and disrupted by new digital and, and technology-led business models. And we'll explore, explore four of these. Um, so, Sal, this episode is entitled Energy Independence, and I guess it touches on some stuff we've already covered in earlier episodes about renewables, maybe, and microgrids and things. But for some context, just to set the scene for us, where where has this industry traditionally been uh, versus where do you think it is now heading? And then, of course, we can we can touch on the different business models in turn after that. Great, great, uh, great statement to begin with. And I would say that there's a you know cliche term that history always repeats itself, and I would argue that yep. we also are witnessing that in our space. Where, if you look at how it all started, it really started in a small, um, you know, almost a block-like uh, scale size uh, place in 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 New York, uh, where right. the first electricity generation station uh, was ever developed, and it. That that generation facility was powering, you know, a very small amount of customers. It was basically streetlights, and um, right. you know, just okay. a, a very very small tiny area. So quite local, you know, then. couple couple of blocks maybe even, or even a block. Right. Um, yeah. And that started expanding because you know some other inventions were made uh, over the course of right. time that allowed electricity to be transported over to different wider segments of of the of the geography. And right. uh, over over the course of time, again, that network spread out almost into like this spaghetti-like, um, you know, uh, web, right. um, yeah, yeah, where yeah. everything is interconnected. Uh, right. And in the in the United States, we have these three major interconnections, um, and as a result, you know, we're we're sort of all interconnected with each other. And right. now, yes. um, so those were our humble beginnings. And, and, how, know, and how long ago are we talking here, Sal? Well, almost what, talking a hundred years ago? Almost a century, yeah. yeah. And, right. um, so we've got 100 years worth of, of just getting bigger and more complex. Mm-hmm. And now, now we're starting to go back to where we started. 
Really and that is we're we're getting into these um, you know smaller self um, self powered type environments where okay. uh, you may or may not be connected to the grid, but regardless, you're able to sustain yourself um, or and sustain yourself in terms of electricity mm. that you're able to generate and, and consume your own electricity without having to rely on an external grid. Uh, and gotcha. and we're slowly inching back towards that type of an environment. And, you know, that's happening uh, for the number of reasons that we've discussed in previous episodes, chief of which, yeah, is, um, chief of which is, is pricing or, or the cost yes. of the technologies involved. Got you. Got you. So an old, uh, old well-established, shall we say, rather than old, but a well-established model, uh, lots of um, infrastructural complexity and huge sort of scale infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and slowly we're... We seem to be edging away from that and towards something new. And so let's let's just touch on what those those business models are that we've 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 listed here. So the first of them is energy as a service. And as ever, Sal, you sent me a lot of stuff to read and sort of get myself acquainted with. And um, and so energy as a service, um, fascinating idea. Um, obviously, you and I both work for a tech company, and so the idea of something as a service is not is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear that mm-hmm. terminology quite a lot. So. Things like software as a service, infrastructure, platform, all as a service, um, that comes up a lot. And, and the main idea is, in a tech sense, is typically to to rent stuff, not buy it. So you don't buy hardware; you just rent what you need from someone else. Is energy as a service the same sort of idea? Then it it, it almost is. And um, right, you know, like you've said, we have software as a service, platforms as a service. Uh, yeah. And then that same sort of philosophy could be applied to our space as well, and it, it, and it rightly is. Um, so one example that I can share is, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, a lot of the assets that we've been talking about, for instance, um, you know, solar and, and wind and stuff. Uh, it, it may not be affordable, even though the prices are coming down. Um, right. But it, it still may not be affordable for certain consumer classes. And okay. one of the models that has emerged very, very quickly and very, very successfully in, in many parts of the world is that there is this, um, you know, if, if you can't afford it, let's try to find other financial models that could be applied. And, and one is, you know, for instance, uh, a very popular one is where uh, solar panels are sort of leased out and over the, over, the, over the period of time, you know, the revenues are collected and, and so on and Got so you. forth. So there's no outlay. You just... Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and it's all it is doing is it's making uh, it's making it easier for even those consumers that don't have access to the stuff, but they want to make their contribution. So again, it sort of goes back to this right. um, this environment where you know people want to make a positive impact in the world, especially as it relates to you know uh, creating an environment that is decarbonized, is greener, cleaner. Mm-hmm. You know, less pollutants in the air, etc. So, yes, it's it's making all that a reality, even for those that cannot afford it today, um, or or cannot actually fully buy out the assets. So that that is one model, and then there's you know uh, several other models too that that we can uh, or we're going to talk about today. Gotcha. Yeah, and so, and so Sal, are these uh, there are these are residential? Uh, presume, presumably, this is a, a play that, um, that would make a lot of sense in a commercial space. So, if you have a, if you're building a new commercial building, you might have um, I don't know a, a contract around providing the heat or the lighting mm-hmm. for a, mm-hmm. a large scale building, and I could understand that the uh, the developer wouldn't necessarily want to buy all that stuff, so they might just create a contract to. To rent it essentially, um, but you've 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 cited a couple of residential examples there, so it's it's definitely got 
you know, this thing's got traction yeah. right across the entire space. And and it is, it's not, you know, to your point, it's, you know, it, it I'm, I'm, I'm giving a residential example. Many times it's yeah, sure. easier for, for us to consume because that's, you know, the, the daily environment we're in. Yeah. Um, but that same principle can easily be applied and, again, is also being applied at the commercial and industrial scale too. And one other example is, you know, where we're seeing a lot of these uh, community solar aggregators where, you know, you sort of come together as a community and, you know, you invest in a, in a, in a solar farm somewhere. Again, the solar farm is, is, you know, nothing but real estate and it has solar panels on yeah. it. And then uh, yeah. everybody's sort of pooling power from that, that, that location or that, that area. And, um, you know, it's, it's spreading out that cost of whatever it is to, you know, build that farm over a much wider base. And, uh, you know, one, one of the many ways, uh, or one of the many different models that is emerging. Another interesting one, Simon, that I may want to, you know, I, I'd like to mention here is around, yeah. um, a, a concept called microgrids. And again, sort gotcha. of, you know, remember when we started, I said, you know, we, we started off in like this, you know, environment in New York, I, I believe it was in yeah. Manhattan where there was this one Manhattan, generation station. Said, yes. Yep. And now, um, you know, we're, again, we're going back to the same environment and we're looking at a world where we have these uh, microgrids and all what microgrids gotcha. are, are basically uh, buildings, communities, uh, even sometimes they could be as large as cities. Uh, that have Runner. the ability to be able to be disconnected from the grid or the electric grid as we know it today and still be able to power themselves uh, while they're disconnected. And in fact, they, they may not even have to be connected. And we're, we already have examples of that in places right. like Alaska and um, in other remote communities uh, around the world. And we're seeing proliferation of these microgrids uh, you. you know, accelerating because again, the costs are coming down. One of the core ingredients in the microgrids um, is, uh, you know, the optimization of these different pieces that can go in a microgrid. Mm. Again, as I've mentioned before, you know, it could be uh, solar, it could be battery energy storage, it could be an right, electric vehicle. Devices. So, so yeah. these different devices. And again, thanks in part to advances that are being made on the analytics end, it's also becoming, because of those advances, it's becoming even more affordable um, to you know, bring these technologies to light. So uh, another, yeah. so so to so to bring it back into this business model equation, what we're seeing is yeah. there's also something called microgrids as a service, which is uh, uh, you know another, okay. uh, another category under this energy as a service term, where we're seeing that you know some facilities that do need that you know very very high reliability of power that uh, you know they have access to it. Um, because someone can, you know, create a microgrid for them and they can choose yeah. to either, you know, the, the, the models, the model could be, you know, uh, build it and let the user operate it, or it could be build and operate. So a third yeah. party's operating. And what are we or, talking here, Sal? Are we talking sort of university campuses, hospitals, that mm -hmm. sort of idea or? Uh, absolutely. It could be, you know, university campuses, um, yeah. you know, uh, critical infrastructure, uh, you know, fire yeah. services, um, pe you know, people that fight fires, uh, you know, any, anything that requires that critical electricity. But I would also say that, you know, for many years, we used to think about it being limited to critical infrastructure, but what, what's happening in our world, again, driven, you know, primarily by climate change, is we're seeing these storms getting more aggressive. We're seeing wildfires. Mm. And as those things get more and more common or, you know, their frequency increases, 
there's this entire discussion that is taking place right now actively about, you know, what role could microgrids play in those situations? So, you know, we are yes. able to provide resilient infrastructure, sort of resilient thing. Yes. infrastructure, because it directly impacts quality of life, right? If, I mean, someone, oh, totally. someone may be using a medical device that, you know, in, in their house that requires, you know, electricity. Uh, I mean, it, it could be that severe. Or it could just yeah, yeah, also yeah. be, you know, the the amount of money that is wasted in case, you know, a grocery store has to shelve out all the all the food items because they weren't able sure. to refrigerate them. So there's there's gotcha. many different spectrums. So that's another yeah, very, super you know, interesting emerging, stuff. emerging area. Yeah. So so a bunch of prosumers, people who both produce and consume electricity, come together. They pool their resources effectively at mm-hmm. another local level, neighborhood level, homeowners association, campus level. And then we've got this idea of, of, of a microgrid, um, possibly as a service, meaning that they never had to buy the assets in the first place. They just lease them, which is a fascinating idea. And I see what you mean about how it goes back to the sort of the local model, um, sort of neighborhood scale generation for neighborhood sort of benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also talked, or you've also sent me some some other uh, articles to read and uh, papers, if you like. Um, it's not just about drawing. Um, it's not about just consuming a bunch of stuff, is it? It's... Um, it's it's that they can generate their own power um, and then sell it back into the grid, and mm-hmm. so that that creates a whole load of interesting ideas that um, they might want to intelligently consume electricity at one point in time in the, in a day or in a, in, a, in, a, in a week or whatever, and at another point in time they want to push surplus power back into the grid for a for a price, mm-hmm. um, and so you're into almost like a trading model. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that because uh, I, I think that's, that's fasc- that really is a fascinating concept and, and that, that in my opinion is going to be one of the largest developments that is going to appear uh, also thanks in part to what's happening in the analytics space and this is what's going right. on so yes. historically we were a very centralized system so what that meant yes. was there would be a power generation facility somewhere well, we again, you know, we started small, but then we expanded into this web of you know different networks, and what as a result of and that, really big producers too, massive it, sort of monopoly scale. It, exactly, producers. you know, we had nuclear plants, you know, these big, yeah. big, big generation facilities, multi-billion-dollar sort of right, you know, right infrastructure. So, so, so you know, the the um, the membership fee was, you know, you had to be like a big player um, in order to participate, and yes. what was going on barriers is, you to know, entry. I think they barriers call it, to barriers. Absolutely. So the barriers to entry are have been lowered. And what's yeah, yeah. going on is we're moving away from a centralized system where, you know, it could be power being supplied from a, a generation station at a dam somewhere, uh, yes. in the case of hydroelectricity, uh, or course, it could be a nuclear huge. plant, as I said. But now, again, with these uh, solar, wind, even electric vehicles, as I will discuss, uh, we're giving these terms, uh, you know, a, a common name, which is distributed energy resources. And and the word right. in the beginning, distributed, is, um, you know, a testament to the fact that we're moving towards a world that is extremely decentralized. And mm, one yes. we're one we're you know when we we're talking about this from a a physics or a technological perspective, but as important to that is the economics perspective as well, or the financial yes. Uh, yes. motives that are being created for a new market that's going to emerge. And it is emerging. So previously, a lot of these transactions yeah. of, you know, buying and selling power, you know, electricity being a commodity, 
they were done at a you know much higher scale. Uh, you could call sure. it at the you know um, either at the country level or at the regional level. Uh, but mm. now, because of the advances in the technologies themselves, and again, because of advances in you know how quickly we're able to you know process the data and run some you know extremely intelligent algorithms and, and just the entire analytics equation, we're moving to a world where we're going to witness the development or the creation of a new market where Simon, you and mm. I um, could be trading electricity. Uh, you know, just like bitcoins are yeah. are, are being traded, and and yeah. that's going to create a completely new economic situation. Um, that that you know is is going to be very very exciting. Uh, well, it's it, a fascinating idea, isn't it? The absolutely. idea that perhaps on, we're we're on a grid, on a micro grid or something, when we've got power. You're 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 away for the day. You don't need your power. I I'm in for the day, but I need mine. And we we trade our surpluses with each other, or indeed um, we trade it with the electricity providers, and we we push it back into the grid. And there's a, this sort of trading model invites uh, all sorts of ideas about sort of trading platforms and lots of intelligence, uh, as you say, analytics and cleverness that, that allows us to to know when mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, when to do the deal, when not to do the deal, etc. Um, so so one, one, brief. when when you know when common definition that's used to define this sort of experience or this market is called transactive energy. And mm-hmm. and that's really the model. It's the transactive energy model where, you know, uh, neighbors are able to transact energy. Um, you know, if, like you were saying, if someone's not at home and they want, someone else wants to, you know, have access to the electricity, uh, either at a cheaper price or, you know, whatever it may be, yeah. they can do that. Um, that's, th- that's the environment we're moving in. Again, advances in decentralized De- advances in the decentralization of um, power-producing assets, and then also yes. advances in analytics. Two two very important themes emerging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and also, uh, parallel to that, presumably, digitization, that the, somehow there are intelligent platforms, technologies, probably run in the cloud or something like that, where where all this meets, all this comes together mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, fuels the... Um, well, fuels the movement, if you like, fuels the idea that we can trade with each other seamlessly. Mm-hmm, fascinating, mm-hmm. really, really fascinating. And of course, you know, we obviously we work for a, an analytical company. My, 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 the cogs in my head are going are spinning at the idea of my God. Think about all of the the possibilities, um, the analytical possibilities, and all the things you can solve. It, it does feel like um, what we at SAS would call an optimization problem, where you've got huge numbers of inputs, all variables difficult to uh, to get a sense of you have to put them into an optimization engine and try and come up with the best scenario given all these constraints you may have so, hey, hey simon you you brought oof. up the cloud i have to throw this in you know uh there, there's a there's a new phrase you know that's evolving in our space too and that is you know many people used to call it the sky is the limit right and now we're saying yeah. the cloud is the limit right because with the advent of yes. the cloud with this massive processing power that the cloud gives us now infinite compute yes infinite and infinite possibilities of what the world yes. could achieve and unlock. Um, so very exciting times. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And a bit like what you were saying about barriers to entry, you know, the, there are no barriers to entry. If you want to, if you want to rent some, some CPU and some, some mm-hmm. processing power and some disc, <laughs> you just it's a, you get your credit card out and jump online. It's not, you have access to that in, in, in a couple of mouse clicks. It's a, it's sort of terrifying and sort of amazing all, all, all in one. Mm-hmm. So we've mm-hmm. talked then about uh, microgrids. We've we've hinted at peer to peer trading. We've talked about 
energy as a service. The last thing we had on our list then was this idea of virtual power plants. So, mm-hmm. um, so th- this, well, it has a sense of scale to it, doesn't it? Not the virtual power plant sounds very grand and very very big. It's, is it just a big microgrid cell, or is it is it quite a bit more than that? So, again, going back to the the two major themes that are emerging, right? So, one, the decentralization of our okay. industry. Um, that's the distributed energy resources, right? Even electric vehicles are considered as part of that that mix. And then okay. again, advances in analytics and you know the cloud and you know uh, we're, the the fact that we can even do analytics in clouds. You know, it's 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 just massive, massive advancements uh, that have been made in that in those areas. Yeah. Now, uh, when we talk about you know virtual power plant, I love to call it uh, avataring electricity. Thanks in part okay. to a, a great movie that came out uh, some years back. Some years Avatar. ago, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and it, you know, frankly, if, if you know, an analogy could be made, uh, people listening may be like, you know, what the heck is Sal talking about? But I am somewhat <laughs> of a Hollywood buff. Um, so what, what we're talking here is that we have all these assets that are going to, you know, be spread out in neighborhoods, right? So we can imagine a world where, you know, houses have electric vehicles, Right. They may even have solar panels, and then they yep. may have some battery energy storage. When yeah, they could well. may or may not be because it's it's a it's a it requires some more real estate, and and maybe we we're, we we may see technologies that you know could be done, and there are some, but let's just focus on solar, electric vehicles, and battery energy storage, right? And let's remember, electric vehicles are called electric vehicles because they too have batteries, right? So it's almost like having right. two battery energy storage assets in your in your house. Understood. Now, what happens today is, you know, with our regular, let's say, um, these, uh, you know, fossil fuel driven or, or uh, combustion engine cars is, you know, we would drive them into our garages or park them somewhere and then they're just sitting. Right. But imagine a world, Simon, where that same car could actually be a revenue revenue generating asset for you. Uh, Understood. Uh, and, you know, that we can do this. Because the let's focus on electric vehicles. Elect, you know, again, electric vehicles have batteries, right? So, yeah, yeah. one way we can do this is we can supply that unused energy in that battery pack or you know whatever that frame is uh, back to the grid and make a buck right. out of it. So it's a two-way relationship now. You're not just right. drawing from the grid to charge it. You're actually putting any spare you've got back in at, at, because you may get a good price for it at this particular point or you may not have a need to use the car that day or that week. Exactly. And wow. you know, then you also have these other assets like solar and, and the other battery energy storage because you can you know use solar with battery energy storage and such. Um, yes. Now, you start pairing them you know let's talk neighborhood level right so you may have like you know 20 or 30 of them right now they're all they all may be operating independently today but if you can find a way to aggregate all of them right Mm, thanks in part two and we're going to see more of this because we're seeing advances in communication technology so we have 5g that's coming to the world at rapid pace um yes you know, we're we're going to see more communication bandwidth becoming available and mu- at, at much faster speeds. Um, you know, so we, we can imagine a world where all these things could be aggregated together in a virtual environment, perhaps in a cloud-based virtual environment. Enabled by, uh, I would imagine, yes. Exactly. And, um, you know, now all we need is, you know, some some control structure around it. And when we do that, 
right? It's almost as if we are creating a virtual power plant. Now, let me give you another example. Right. You know, if, if okay. we look at... Um, if we look at these electric vehicles, right, you just start aggregating those electric electric vehicles. Let's say there's 3,000 of them. You know, a, a case could be made, or sorry, the um, the electric vehicles or the vehicle charging stations, a case could be made that, you know, the aggregate capacity of all these things is, you know, almost equivalent to, um, you know, these 3,000 cars, whatever, is, is almost equivalent to a nuclear power plant, right? That's the size that we're talking about here. You've got so much... So there's so much distributed energy living in the in the vehicles that it's actually equivalent to the the, the output of, yeah. a, of a giant infrastructure. The aggregated, right? Um, yeah. So the aggregated amount could almost be as, and that's where this term, you know, I call it avatar and yes. electricity, um, but it's you know virtual power plant is that that's where this term comes from. Now let's take it a step further, right? Because um, you know. We're, we're talking. Um, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, the the other important element I want to mention here is you know let's, let's step out of virtual power plants for a little bit, and think about you know renewables. So solar and wind, right? Solar produced when sun is shining. Wind when the wind is blowing. Right. Very simple. Very straightforward yep. facts. Now spread that power or spread that generation or electricity generation that you're creating over different geographies over different countries. Okay, so well beyond neighborhood scale here, which is like international almost. Right. So we were, you know, we started the talk with, you know, the time zone differences, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. That apply that same concept to, you know, let's say there is a solar generation uh, facility in the Middle East uh, or in Africa, right? And given where that it's time, pretty sunny, to be and, honest. And, and where it is pretty sunny, and they have extremely good irradiation, irradiance, um, it doesn't uh, get much uh, sunnier than that. Exactly. Um, so now there is a time difference, right? So uh, Europe may not be producing like, or you know, may not be able to produce uh, solar at a certain time, and it it doesn't have to be time. Yeah. It could also be cloud cover, or you know, extreme periods of you know exactly. heavy, heavy cloud yeah. densities, etc. But you can transport that electricity from somewhere in, you know, northern Africa or the Middle East, as an example, um, and and be able to take advantage of this time shift uh, that that, right. that exists between different geographies. Now, well, yeah. Now, so we went long time ago. We talked about California. We talked about the duck curve. We talked about solar sort of coming offline uh, in the end of a day, and then there was this critical sort of moment where it's like, oh my god, we haven't got enough power. So what you're saying is it would be possible perhaps to buy some in from another geography where it still happens to be daytime. And, right. Uh, they've got plenty plenty of power still coming through. The catch still is, uh, even with the advances, when we're talking at that scale, you know, we're talking mm. very large geographies here, you know, uh, yeah, somewhere in Western Europe to the Middle East or, you know, uh, or some other part where we're... Yeah, thousands of miles. Really. So it's, it's, yeah. it's long distance. Um, and, and there are, uh, you know, again, the catch is that we will need to be interconnected physically, just like, you know, internet connections, mm. um, you know, fiber gotcha. optic internet connections, undersea cables, et cetera, et cetera. And there are, uh, in our industry too, there are uh, ways and means and mechanisms to do that. And the industry has been doing that. You know, HVDC is is one such technology that has enabled the world uh, to, to get to that stage. And for one, I anticipate more proliferation of technologies like that because people will see that there is an opportunity to create that uh, market, right? So it's, again, all driven by yeah. economics. 
And going back to my you know fundamental point here that um, the economics of the renewables are becoming very, very favorable to the extent that we're now looking at the emergence of this renewable world order where you know yes. electricity can be traded, it can be uh, self-generated. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, while you're doing that, you're also creating sort of this energy independent world. Uh, Interesting. Or getting energy which independence. Is, which is going to be a big challenge and a big threat to those folks who are invested in that industry today, people who either generate or sell that sort of, you know, sell electricity today under, under traditional terms are going to feel very threatened by some of these emergence, you know, emergent technologies, aren't they? Right. And, you know, I, you know, I, I call this, um, you know, creative destruction. So just like the, you know, the horse carriages were replaced by um, combustion yeah. engine vehicles, um, you know, a couple hundred, you know, almost a century ago now, you know, we're, we're going to have to go through this creative destruction. Um, yeah. And, and you know. Well, in banking, they, we, they did this thing, oh, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, and, and you've seen it happen a lot in lots of other, but we call it disintermediation, this idea that the, the middleman the middle guy in this then this long economic equation is, is 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 removed from it and it's happened to insurance and insurance brokerages and Amazon. high street travel yep. well yeah in the same way that the tech giants have disrupted sort of bookstores and record stores and, and all sorts of other things so um and so i guess what we're saying is that disintermediation is is coming to the power industry it's coming and is and in in the form of these new localized and perhaps slightly well not entirely localized but these different business models are going to up, upend and disrupt this traditional world it's uh, it's pretty heady stuff, isn't it? It's like, oh, this is this takes a bit of getting your head around, actually. And um, and absolutely, Simon. And I will add to that that you know, democratizing energy through distributing it, and at the same time, the democratization of analytics, right, is yes. going to take us to that path very, very, very quickly. Because well, yes, and so we were talking just a moment ago about microgrids and the sort of the analytical sort of opportunity there, and then you've just you've just multiplied that by a factor of a of a thousand to to create this idea of a virtual power plant, and then you you know we have the international dimension, we have the different types of power generation, you have all the is the wind blowing over here? Is the is the, is is it getting cloudy in the UK? I mean, all of these inputs. Um, I mean, the analytical possibilities and opportunities are immense, um, quite apart from the data you'd need, because with this, this, in this highly connected world, there'd be a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. um, uh, Internet of Things types, of IoT approaches, a device-level data sort of continuously being streamed into some enormous data warehouse. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'm just uh, trying to imagine the, the scale, size, complexity of this thing and being slightly blown and, and, away and by Simon, it. But at the same time, wow, here's a, what an opportunity. Opportunity. Here's another you know, dimension to this. Um, we have seen in our world that whenever there is trade, right, that's usually followed by periods of you know, prolonged peace, right? So the fact that yes. we're building and encouraging trade actually could also contribute to a world um, that you know has a greater, not just greater economic productivity, yeah. but prolonged periods of peace because trade encourages you know people to uh, exchange with each other and, and create economies well, that are and the economics are fruitful well, for all positive, parties. That's, 
that's a very positive notion to sort of sort of start to wrap up on, isn't it? The idea that we, it, you know, it might help to. I, I'm sure there are a lot of world tensions that are are driven out of energy poverty, energy insecurity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, what a super uplifting way to uh, to, to maybe uh, wrap up our uh, our episode today. Well, guys, um, that's what we, we need to do. We are we are short on time, and so I think the uh, best thing to do is to uh, um, quickly skip through what, what we talked about. We've been talking about energy as a service, the idea of renting. Mm-hmm. not buying uh, equipment mm-hmm. we've been talking about peer to peer trading the idea that neighbors and localities can can not only consume but uh, generate power and, and and share power with each other we've talked about microgrids where you extend it to a sort of neighborhood level and make it a bit cleverer and then we've talked about virtual power plants perhaps a, a holy grail a glimpse of the future if you will where it's all very analytical very data driven but we we resolve some of the energy crises and shortages around the world by just being by trading with one another in a, in a whole new world order. It's a fascinating future, really, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, extraordinary. So, uh, Sal, thank you again for taking us through all these these amazing ideas. Um, that's it for today's show. Please join us again soon for our next podcast episode, which we're going to call Your your Next Greatest Investment. And we're going to be exploring how the, the international response to the coronavirus pandemic has, has really seen global carbon emissions just drop, drop crazily, really, really slashed. Um, And this has reignited the debate on electrification, particularly around transport uh, and cars and uh, rapid transit systems. Um, In addition, we've seen lots of corporations establishing all sorts of pledges and governments too, pledges about uh, net zero carbon free futures. And so what will it take uh, to convince you to get behind the wheel of an electric car and really take this on? So that's going to be the subject of our our fifth episode in our series. Um, So thank you for joining us today. Please come back and see us again soon. And so until then, it's goodbye from me, Simon Hughes and also from Sal Gill. Bye, everybody, and and see you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Be safe. Thanks for watching. Take care. Bye-bye.